0: back to tay learning my name is olivia my name is danny and we are your co-hosts so today may be a pretty chaotic episode fair warning because we are discussing taylor swift and her easter eggs
1: (laughs) maybe it (laughs) might be it will be but we hope you we hope you stick around with us during this journey through her Easter eggs and the history of them and why they happen. And if you're new to being a Taylor Swift fan, I'm sure that you're generally aware that Easter eggs Mm -hmm. are a thing that she does, but it has a long and insane history. And honestly, she has
0: turned Swifties into neurotics. For those that don't know, she likes to drop like little hints and clues in everything she does. And when I say everything she does, I know you're probably going to roll your eyes if you're not on the Easter egg thing with the rest of us crazy Swifties. You're going to roll your eyes about the idea that she everything she says, everything she does, everything she posts, everything she wears. And we are coming here today to explain how the heck this all started. Why do Swifties overanalyze every single little thing that woman does? And I will tell you, she literally eggs us on Pun intended. I have a
1: lot of frustration with Miss Swift because she has set herself up in this position where Easter eggs are required of her, basically, in order to do the thing that Taylor Swift does. And she tees up a lot of balls that she never actually hits, and that can be frustrating as a fan. I don't think I don't I don't know I don't know if she meant to have everything she does analyzed. I don't know if this was like just supposed to be something quirky and fun. And now it's what she she did
0: either, but. I have a theory once we get into further explanation as to why it's really gone off the rails at this point. And I feel like the best way to start getting into it, she did this Entertainment Weekly exclusive video explaining her Easter eggs. It was in May 2019. It was during the hype of the Lover album coming out. So at this point, she hadn't even announced the title of her upcoming album. Lover came out in August 2019. Me, the single, had come out now. She had already revealed the new pastel, like, aesthetic right after reputation. So just to give you context of when this video happened and what was kind of happening during that time. This is like a six or, it is six to ten minute long video of her literally just talking to a camera, explaining her Easter eggs. So I figure the best way to go about it is just listen to her explain and then we discuss after she explains. I'm going to break it down into several different quotes and we'll take pauses in between each of these quotes because this is a lengthy video. But I think it explains everything about her Easter eggs perfectly. All right, let's do it. So she starts with, today I'm going to talk to you about Easter eggs. Easter eggs that I'm going to talk to you about are the kind of cryptic message sending Easter eggs. Like when you're watching a movie or a music video and you notice something in the background and that something leads to sort of behind the scenes information. That's an Easter egg. I love to communicate via Easter eggs. I think the best messages are cryptic ones. So I'm going to lead you through my favorite kinds of Easter eggs to lay Easter eggs can be left on clothing or jewelry. This is one of my favorite ways to do this because you wear something that foreshadows something else. People don't usually find out this one immediately, but they know you're probably sending a message. They'll figure it out in time. Lots of examples of this exist throughout my career. And a couple examples popped up on screen. I'm just gonna list them and tell you about them because I don't know if you knew these because I didn't know some of these. In March, 2019, Taylor posted a photo to her Instagram of these pastel iridescent butterfly heels. This is during the reputation era this is before Lover was announced. The reputation era is really dark, black, green snakes. And she posted these butterfly heels. heels, That was an Easter egg for the upcoming Lover era. Another one, before Red was announced, Red OG, she posted a photo of her wearing bright red shoes with her feet kicked up in a recording studio, indicating the next album. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of why people overanalyze her post because she has a history of foreshadowing things another one that I thought was kind of crazy this is the one I didn't know in May 2013 Taylor performed 22 at the Billboard Music Awards and wore a shirt that said haters gonna hate <laughs> one year before Shake It Off came out
1: that's that's pretty on the nose My response to that is I understand like her outfits do symbolize things. Her Instagram posts symbolize things like those feel like very obvious Easter eggs to me. We should have known something was up when she posted those pastel heels with the butterflies on them. We should have known something was up red heels in the recording studio. That's giving a certain vibe. And who would wear anything other than sweatpants to a recording studio? No one can see (laughs) you. My, my point is when she was like on the late, late show or Jimmy Fallon or whatever, last November, Mm -hmm. when she was on her red press tour, red Taylor's version press tour. And she was wearing black dresses for a couple of them. I remember people saying like, oh my God, she's wearing black. That yeah. must mean that reputation is the next re-record. And I'm like, first of no, all,
0: it couldn't be probably much. because just yeah. to wait a while to re-record it. <laughs> but- I feel like her, her wearing clothes as an Easter egg is more obvious than a lot of Swifties have ended up interpreting it. Like we were talking about this, Danny, right before we hopped on to start recording. When she was before the midnight, before midnight's was announced, she showed up at the VMAs in an outfit that was not folklorian, not Red Taylor's version, like aesthetic. It was very much different. And I think that was an Easter egg in itself that night that we had something new and different coming. But since then, I don't think her outfits have necessarily been Easter eggs for things.
1: I mean, and we could be proven wrong when Midnight's comes out, we could totally be proven wrong.
0: Overall though, mm-hmm.
1: I, I do not believe that every single thing that she wears is in and of itself an Easter no. egg. I think she's a lot more obvious than people think she is. And we're probably going to build on that throughout the episode. I love the Easter egg thing. I'm not tired of the theories i'm not tired of the easter eggs it's one of the most compelling things about taylor swift and about her as an artist it's exhausting thinking that every single thing that taylor swift does must in and of itself be an easter egg i told olivia this one before we hopped on here and no shade to this particular creator i won't call them out but somebody posted that in her midnight's mayhem with me videos that she has on tiktok where she's announcing the track titles her bangs on some lay like straight down and on others are curved <laughs> to the side and somebody said oh my god that's an easter egg if her hair is laying straight <laughs> down it's that's sad it's a no. slow song and if it's brushed to the side it's a happy song
0: no, and i'm like okay that's too much that's, that's reaching that is that you your arms must hurt from her wearing pastel iridescent outfits at the end of the reputation era very obviously indicated something's different i feel like her clothing easter eggs are like if you look at what she's wearing and you're like this just doesn't fit it's an easter egg yeah you know what i mean even if you can't put your finger on why it doesn't fit if it seems like it's standing out
1: Mm, odds are <laughs> and last night she announced the title of one of the songs maroon in the announcement she was wearing the red ring and yeah. she could have been wearing that red ring because maroon is a shade of red she could yeah, have been that wearing was my original thought yeah she could have been wearing the red ring because it's 13 sleepless nights throughout her life it was written during the red era yeah it could be anything but that feels pretty blatantly that feels more obvious of like a this is a nod to something and it could be such a subtle nod as maroon is a
0: shade of red right and I always get on these like thought tangents of like even if every single outfit she wears is an easter egg not every easter egg is meant to be that deep sometimes it's just haha this is a reference and one of my favorite examples In terms of the Midnight's era, I don't think it truly means anything, and I don't even know she intended it, but I'm sure she loved that people connected this. The order of her outfits, her first three during the Midnight's era, it was a silver outfit, and then a midnight blue outfit, and then a golden outfit, and a lot of people called out the song lyrics, my love had been frozen, deep blue, but you painted me golden and how each of her outfits kind of aligned with that lyric. I don't think that has deeper meaning. I don't even know if she did that on purpose, but I'm sure she loved that people connected that. I'm sure she thought that was really fun.
1: Yeah, I am so certain that Swifties have tied stuff together that was not intentional. And she and or Taylor nation has been like, oh, that's clever.
0: Didn't even think about that. And then liked the TikTok. It doesn't mean she did it on purpose necessarily, but she does do really cryptic things on purpose and she continues in this little video saying that she does these crazy cryptic things and I totally understand why the Swifties are crazy now because she literally encourages us to think very, very cryptically and overanalyze every single thing that she does. She goes on to say, a specific way you can leave Easter eggs is on nails. There was a specific occasion where I did a Spotify vertical video for Delicate and I painted my nails the exact color tones I wanted for the next album to be. You know, this is in anticipation of Lover. She painted them like pastel pinks and blues and stuff. Some people picked up on it immediately. Others picked up on it a few months down the line, but it made me feel nice to know that when you plan something that far in advance, you're actually just kind of like flexing on planning. That's what an Easter egg really is. You're just like, I plan this two years in advance. Another way I really like to use Easter eggs is I like to plan them in set design for photo shoots or music videos. So some examples that popped up on the screen in the me music video before the lover album is like fully announced me came out before that there's a Christmas tree in the background signifying the song lover, you know, we can leave the Christmas lights up till January. And Mm -hmm. then the me music video, it's like the middle of summer and there's a Christmas tree in this apartment or. The album title had not been announced yet, but there is this scene where Taylor is sitting on a rooftop in this big city and there's this big neon sign in the background that says lover. And she like gave away like the title of her upcoming album. But if you're not paying attention, you're not going to catch it. Those are just a couple of examples that showed up on the video of that.
1: I mean, obviously her music videos are stacked. With Easter yeah. eggs, and she's admitted before that she plans her life several years in advance. This isn't that particularly isn't news. I also feel like she is just as susceptible to unforeseen circumstances as the rest of us. She didn't see COVID oh, yeah. coming. She oh, didn't no. know she was going to write a song like Epiphany, which yeah, I was is a say Epiphany about <laughs> COVID. Like, oh yeah, I don't think that she saw any. I don't think she's God. I don't think she saw the pandemic coming. So she is susceptible to these types of changes and having to work with them. When she made the lover music video and there's the staircase and like the corridor and one of them is this yellow, orangey tone. Those aren't ever more
0: folklore.
1: (laughs) She did not know. She did not know that that was going to happen. She might've had (laughs) the colors planned out for her next couple of albums. I I buy that. She might've even had the vibe. She might've already been planning on doing something indie and folklorian, but The full fleshed out concept. No, I don't think that it was 2019. And she's like, the world is about to be rocked by a virus called COVID 19. Like, I don't think. No, no, no. no I, don't-
0: <laughs> I don't think she knew. No, absolutely not. I don't know. I don't think that we would have received anything like folklore ever more from her had COVID not happened. I you think don't she would think have- so? stuck with pop yeah really
1: at least not when we got it not when we got it no the lover era would have been i'm so sorry that your lover era was cut short i know olivia's the a lover, lover era
0: stick. would have been epic oh well i just would have been Never sad because i couldn't go to love cruel summer live
1: i follow this creator i need to find him i'll tag him in the instagram follow him on tiktok and he likes to talk about so many different things pop culture related but one of them is the biggest like lost opportunity of artists and the he was like the biggest lost opportunity of taylor swift was not releasing cruel summer as a single he's like shake it off is currently like her best performing single of all time uh, followed closely by blank space i think dropped the
0: fucking ball by not releasing cruel summer I as a single i have a theory that she was planning to release it summer 2020
1: And yeah, she can't release a song called Cruel Summer during a pandemic. That would be so no. insensitive.
0: Because if you think about it, she led the lead single for Lover was Me, which I know you have qualms with. I have qualms with the Me song itself on a certain level, but I don't think it was a bad lead single. Followed up directly by You Need to Calm Down is where my problem was. But Lover was great. The Archer kind of flopped. Those are the the singles from, <laughs> from Lover. But you know, her era's last two years, she was less than a year in. There were going to be more singles. And Cruel Summer had to have been a plan.
1: It had to have been. It's too good of a song. It's, it's way too, too good, good of a song. Cruel Summer is one, of, is one of the best songs she has ever written. It's like pop
0: in. perfection.
1: Yeah, it literally is on the perfect pop playlist by Spotify, I think. Like, yeah. it is... Oh God, I could go on about Cruel Summer forever. In fact, I don't know when we have it stacked up for that to be a song analysis, but... <laughs> <laughs> but i love
0: cruel summer it's Everyone in my top three
1: taylor swift songs of all time
0: yeah i guess i'm not surprised
1: do you want to share what your top three are or are we going to save that for another episode
0: i can share what my top three are but we can talk about it later too um my top three are haunted tolerate it and cruel summer
1: I guess I don't really know what my top three are, but my number
0: one is New Romantics. And we all know this. It's New Romantics. Clean up there. Clean Clean is so close to number one. Like you're just a 1989 girly. I'm a
1: 1989 girly so hard. But like, if I'm sad that day, my favorite Taylor Swift song is Clean. If I'm happy that day, my favorite Taylor Swift song is New Romantics. That's literally, (laughs) they just kind of dance with each other for that number one spot. And I'm not certain that that can change maybe midnights will make me a midnight stand, and i'll drop 1989 and say i don't want to play with you anymore but
0: we'll see <laughs> we'll see what happens
1: Anywho. cool summer's up there
0: for me too though just just yes. so we're clear cruel summer is also up there for me i love cruel summer oh my god i can't wait until we get to like rank our top 10s and whatever whatever but uh anyway easter eggs easter eggs yes,
1: easter, easter eggs, eggs easter eggs
0: so she kind of dropped something interesting with her like Spotify vertical videos I don't know what they're called these days exactly but she called them vertical videos <laughs> whatever so she mm-hmm. likes to drop hints and stuff like that too one of my favorite ones that I can think about is during the ever more like Spotify video shoot she was also taking photos for Red Taylor's version And during one of the songs for one of the videos, I forget which song it was, but she's wearing like the full out cover, um, Red Taylor's version cover outfit. She has the red ring on and she's like sitting there and she winks at the camera. And then you find out that that is the photo shoot that she was using for Red Taylor's version. That's a that's an Easter egg. That's That's, like an, uh, you know. Yeah,
1: that's an Easter egg. That is an example of an actual genuine Easter egg.
0: Yeah when she winks at the camera something's up (laughs) Mm -hmm. absolutely
1: but it's so hard because she's like saturated the easter egg thing so hard that's it's it's very difficult to tell which ones are dead ends and which ones aren't when she said in her interviews last fall when she said we're all mad here that's wonderland that's 1989 and then that led nowhere i mean it still could be the next re-record
0: Remember, she likes to plant Easter eggs up to two years in advance, so it's not done till it's done. (laughs) I know, I know. I still truly believe 1989 Taylor's version is the next re-recording, and I will believe that with my whole heart until she drops Speak Now. Completely you literally intent. cannot tell me otherwise. Although I, I think I Speak Now it comes after 1989. I wish so I'd I right. found the
1: uh, TikTok before we started recording. But a couple of months ago, I saw a TikTok. You might have seen it too, and it was somebody saying she's already told us the re-release schedule in a series of outfits that she wore during a particular time. I know. Okay, Olivia's giving me this look right now. Danny, you're reaching. I know. I just got on Swifties for being overreachers. <laughs> I get it,
0: but. I would have, I would have bought that theory. I don't know. <laughs> I listen half the time on Swift Talk or in any Swifty online community. I will read a theory and be like, "Dude, come on!" And then that theory comes true, like the whole. I saw a theory um, that what if Midnight is the name of her next album? And then it fucking was like, excuse me, I hate you guys. And then I'll watch a theory that I think makes so much sense. I think there's so much evidence and it falls flat. And my heart just like has the hardest time leaning into these theories. I like to explore Easter eggs in retrospect better than creating theories about current day Easter eggs that we don't know where they're leading yet because it stresses me out too much and it sets me up for disappointment and borderline resentment sometimes and I don't like feeling that way so I prefer to focus on Easter eggs that have already happened. And the thing that it was referencing has already happened also. (laughs) Same,
1: like shout out to the Swifties that have the mental energy, the time, and like the preparation for disappointment to theorize as hard as they do, because I like watching it. I appreciate seeing it, but that must be such an exhausting task to consistently be wrong. Like a broken clock is right twice a day. If you throw enough shit at the wall, something's going to stick.
0: All of the metaphors we want to do here. And Taylor Swift doesn't help. She continues in this video describing some examples of things that she puts in her music videos, and she says, I like to put coded messaging, like you can see a sign on a building or something on a wall like graffiti, a code that has me opening a door could be a number that's significant excuse me Taylor stop it I really started doing this in my music videos much more during the Reputation album because I wasn't doing interviews and I still wanted to be able to communicate messages to the fans so easter eggs really went into overdrive I think the most easter eggy of my entire career thus far is look what you made me do literally the whole thing is an easter egg there's like a thousand there's like thousands of Easter eggs. There are some that people still haven't found and it will be decades before people find them all.
1: I believe that. I believe that look what you made me do is a frame by frame Easter egg. I Mostly because she yeah. had the she had the time, she had the ability to do it and she was trying to like resurrect herself from the dead. So she had the time and she was somewhere in London like kissing Joe Alwyn and theorizing and figuring out what
0: to do. So she had the time. Yeah. And like the, the idea of a code that has me opening a door in the ready for it video, she literally punches a code into a door and you can see the numbers that she presses. I haven't looked deep into that one yet because that one got brought up in this video I watched, but it's just, there's a reason why Swifties overanalyze everything. It's because she encourages it. So the, the, the Swifties that try to say, oh, the theorists are like, ruining this for taylor taylor's probably finds you guys to be so annoying taylor doesn't find it to be annoying no
1: she loves this She loves it not only that loves it we talk a lot about how taylor swift is a musical and marketing genius oh yeah the the more that people feed into the theorizing it's it's free marketing absolutely it is there are hundreds of articles if you search taylor swift easter egg where people are talking about their own theories like writers for magazines are talking about their own theories Mm -hmm. or theories that they are regurgitating from the internet because it's free marketing baby yeah of course she she doesn't hate it she's built
0: her career on it and half the time like things are easter eggs and like i was saying before the easter eggs don't have to be deep and really like signify something in the future but She does like to make cutesy little connections. Like, I don't think her lyrical parallels are on accident most of the time. I think she does think like that. She likes to make callbacks. She likes to make connections. She likes to weave everything together. It's fun for her. It's a creative, a way of creative outlet, I guess, for her to be able to connect things because that's fun.
1: Yeah. Tying things together is really powerful for her. And I don't think that that is a secret because she is open about that also this isn't entirely related, but I wanted your thoughts. So last week we did the John Mayer episode and we'd talk about in half of my heart, John Mayer and Taylor Swift sing that together and he sings the line paper ring. And then years (laughs) later, she (laughs) records the song paper rings about Joe
0: Alwyn, not about John Mayer, obviously. No, right. But But, like, that's just so funny. Like, even (laughs) if it's just a coincidence, like that is a connection.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that is a connection. It's so weird. And like
0: I mean, it's not really an Easter egg because she's not singing
1: about John Mayer, but like, I wonder if she just that was buried somewhere deep in her her brain. Yeah, Yeah. she liked it.
0: She liked Mm -hmm. the phrase paper rings. The idea of paper rings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So very bizarre. Yeah. And this last quote that I just shared kind of has sparked a theory in me as to why the Swifties are like peak level, crazy analyzing everything Taylor does. So, Before Reputation, she did, like, those hidden messages, which we'll get into her explanation of that before, and her lyric booklets, like, she had secret messages in there that kind of indicated what that song was about or gave you a little more context, Um, and she dropped, like, some kind of small Easter eggs in her music videos, but it wasn't, like, overdrive, you know? She did interviews and explained herself and whatever but during Reputation she took no interviews because her thing was there will be no explanation just Reputation because in her past in 2016 when she got chased off the internet it didn't matter what she said and she knew that if she did interviews during Reputation it would all be about Kanye and Kim and she didn't want that she wanted the album to kind of speak for itself so because she did no interviews she still wanted a way to feel connected with fans, which is why in the Look What You Made Me Do music video, she dropped so many Easter eggs. And there are so many Easter eggs in the reputation era because she didn't talk directly to fans. And then when we transitioned into Lover, she did a ton of Easter eggs in anticipation of Lover. And then she started doing interviews at like this video that I'm sharing with you guys where she's explaining her Easter eggs. She exposed all her crazy thoughts and how she likes to set up these easter eggs and with all these crazy different ways and it got fans starting to like study her past learn how she does easter eggs okay mm-hmm. and then the pandemic hits and she hits us with two surprise albums back to back with little to no lead up i mean she posted a not a lot going on on the moment instagram you know picture that foreshadowed folklore, but we didn't know that because she dropped it the same day as she announced it. It was a surprise, Evermore was a surprise. And then during the re-recording eras of Fearless TV and Red TV, and now leading into Midnight's, fans I feel like are at their peak crazy analysis because they've learned how she does Easter eggs and everyone wants their theory to be right. Everyone wants to figure it out before it happens so that they can have like the title of the smart Swifty. So I think that's why fans have kind of gone into overdrive is she's really set us up to do that.
1: Absolutely. She has. And I wish that like it came with less of a competitive spirit almost, which right, competitive spirit is what keeps it going, but people really are out here like fighting for their lives over which theory is right. And yeah, I hope that most people take it in jest and keep it lighthearted and enjoy the fact that like, this is supposed to be fun. Theorizing about her is supposed to be fun, but I've seen people who theorize about her and comments on it are like, this is stupid. Even when they're right. The person that said, what if the next album is called midnight? People are like, this is a yeah. dumb theory. Everyone attacked that guy and
0: he was right.
1: <laughs> oh, I saw a girl say it too.
0: I saw a guy say it. Oh God. Well, <laughs> because she kept emphasizing the word midnight. So everyone was like, that's obviously significant and everyone's like it's not going to be the title of the album and it was and it was
1: so like I just I want people to take this as fun and silly and goofy and people are welcome to over theorize my favorite types of theory tiktoks for swift talk are when people are like I know that this is reaching I know that this isn't right (laughs) but but that's (laughs) my favorite because the self-awareness is chef's kiss iconic
0: I agree. I have a hard time getting into the crazy theories that are like, we are getting three albums at once. I can't watch those ones. They piss me off. But the ones that are like, this is reaching, but like, hear me out. Is this a coincidence? Those are fun.
1: Thrifty Swifty (laughs) is so good. Like you said earlier, we were off mic. Thrifty Swifty is great at being like, what are your guys' thoughts on this? What if? Like, what if? Yeah. when people come in really hot and are like listen up this is the way that things are you're not seeing
0: it I'm like mm-hmm. there's a good chance you're wrong statistically and things like she's gonna drop three albums no she's not she's gonna drop one album you know how much work it takes to make one album a fucking lot she's not yeah. gonna do three get over yourself quit being like overly grabby and demanding too uh, much from her
1: I totally agree. Uh, Let's roll this anchor ad.
0: She continues explaining her Easter eggs, saying, another way you can drop hints and leave an Easter egg is hints in print. I'll do an interview that's supposed to come out way before something else that's supposed to come out. And I'll foreshadow this thing that's supposed to come out in this interview that I do that comes out way before the thing comes out. Okay. <laughs> for example, I did a magazine interview where I mentioned Brendan Urey and his band Panic at the Disco, you know, months before anyone would find out that I had done a song with him. And this is why people overanalyze every single thing she says and does. Yeah, like I said, she she teased people up for
1: this because now no matter what she does, if she mentions somebody at all, like, oh my God, I love Olivia Rodrigo, all of a sudden it's Olivia Rodrigo is going to be featured on 1989. It's done. It's dusted. (laughs) When that's, I feel like more often than not, it's not the case.
0: Yeah. I feel like most of her Easter eggs aren't meant for you to be able to predict, but to be able to look back on retrospect. Yes, absolutely.
1: Great way to put it. Mm -hmm. They're meant to be seen later and been like, oh, that was an Easter egg. Sneaky,
0: sneaky. (laughs) Her
1: Easter eggs are intended to be incredibly cryptic. If you see her say or do something and you're already putting together What's going to happen? There's a decent yeah. chance
0: you're wrong. We haven't even like been a whole year since that. And She plans things That's two, true. three plus years in advance.
1: Like we just- I do love the theories. I do love the Easter eggs. I find them incredibly fun. At the end of the day, something like that. I don't need to know the Easter egg that a countdown is going to begin. I want to know the Easter egg of the next era. I want to know the Easter egg of the next single. Like ones where it's really substantial. An Easter egg that is alluding to a countdown- Mm -hmm. two-way release it's very cool it's very taylor swiftian it interests me significantly less than her posting the pastel butterfly shoes and obviously hinting at the lover era
0: yeah the ones that point you to different dates kind of stress me out because most of the time it feels wrong or it's analyzed incorrectly and if i had been a crazy fan during this time i would have expected Something to happen on this day, not the beginning of a countdown. But she like posted for the first time in a while, like posted for the first time in a month. So I don't know. I I probably would have been mildly disappointed, but at the same time, I don't know. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Absolutely. We saw that with May thirteenth
1: this year. There was so much build up oh, towards May thirteenth.
0: And I got a pool floaty.
1: You got pool floaties. I didn't even use the pool floaty.
0: I have it. I haven't used it at all. I've used it, and it's terrifying because it's worth $50 or it's not worth $50, but I spent $50 on it. It's scary to use.
1: Yeah. I haven't used it at all. It's just, there was so much buildup for that. And I feel like almost in some ways, particularly with Taylor nation, less so Taylor Swift specifically, but Taylor Mm -hmm. nation, I feel it's very
0: boy who cried wolf a lot of the time. Yeah, I mean, on May 13th, they literally dropped like a countdown on their Instagram story And so we thought something significant was going to happen. And it was a summer collection merch drop that was okay. And it just felt like Taylor Nation kind of was paying attention to the online forums and knew that we were really anticipating this date and let us on. And I kind of felt the same way literally last night, Midnight's Mayhem with Me, episode five, Maroon announcement came out. And we've been doing this midnight mayhems with me thing five times now and it's all the same and at what point like is she just gonna drop the rest of the song titles at what point are we gonna get you know a lead single we're all anticipating something new and different because it's been the same thing over and over and not to say that i'm not enjoying the midnight mayhem with me because I am I enjoy any Taylor Swift content but Taylor Nation was really hyping up stay up until midnight tonight stay up until midnight tonight if you don't stay up until midnight tonight what are you doing and this is the first time that during this like mini series that they did that. And so we did expecting something and we just it was the same thing again.
1: Yeah, and we were about to enter a Friday, which is when singles are traditionally released. They yeah. were Taylor Nation was wildly active on Twitter. Like it just it seemed right. Like, and she'd been doing the countdown in the other episodes, yeah. she was like holding fingers that counted down to three, two, one, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it was nothing Substantial. It just feels
0: like they kind of pay attention to the online forums, know when we have a theory and most of the people are believing that theory, and then lead us on. And I think that's taking advantage of Swifties and it's kind of cruel and. I think it's going to. It low key hurts my feelings.
1: Yeah, it hurts my feelings too. I think it's going to make people stop investing in theories and stuff because you're right. They got their finger on the pulse of Swifties. They are aware of what is going on in Swiftie communities because they have to be if there is hype around something they're capitalizing off of it and i'm not mm-hmm. i'm not mad at them for getting that bag whatever taylor well, swift it makes drop sense in in of, like, is dropping merch like the marketing
0: aspect and her midnight's mayhem with me like her viewership has been consistently dropping cuz it's the same thing over and over again and i get it they needed a, a boost but i don't think that was the boost that should have been
1: i completely it has to be something different it has to be yeah. even like the merch drop that came out a few days ago if that had come in tandem with the Midnight's Mayhem with me, if it was like Midnight's Mayhem with me, question and question for you, would you like some Midnight's merch? And then drop down. The, yeah. It needs to be something different in order to keep people interested
0: because people yeah, will. It would have been perfect. Stop. Yeah, it would have been I mean, perfect if like she pulled out, oh, track two, Maroon, and it's on Spotify right now.
1: Like anything. <laughs> I should have broke that- the internet. <laughs> Anything that mixed it up at all. And it hasn't been. And I'm not angry. I'm not mad. I don't think Olivia is either. No. It's more of like a, for for marketing purposes, for how genius of a marketing, for how genius of a marketer Taylor Swift is and Taylor Nation is, it is frustrating that they're a boy who cried wolfing us
0: so hard. Yeah. And I kind of have a mild theory that has to do with that. Like, so because Swifties pay attention to like interviews like this that we're dissecting where Taylor explains some of her past cryptic things and they're really cryptic things and they're just overanalyzing everything she does I feel like sometimes we are intentionally misled because Taylor at the end of the day also loves genuinely surprising us and when we're misled over and over and over again it causes doubt in our theory making and she actually can surprise us but like at what cost? It hurts my feelings. <laughs> That's the thing is at what cost? The cost of like
1: the best theorizers in the Swifty fandom being like, this isn't worth it anymore at the cost yeah. of people's feelings getting hurt and being frustrated. And it's really not that deep. If you're listening to this and you're no, thinking it's, it's not, not it's like, not that deep. You're we're just in right, our feelings about it. <laughs> you're right, bestie. Just the entire point of this podcast is to give perspective on. Yeah.
0: On at the this- end of the day, I don't care. The Easter eggs are fun. I try to take them with a grain of salt, but the ones I invest in are the ones I get hurt by. And at this point, I'm trying my best to just ignore Taylor nation and just think of them as a fun hype girl for Taylor and that's it. And they're, they don't actually know anything. That's how I take Taylor nation.
1: Yeah. I'm just, I'm tired of clowning. I'm so tired of walking down Clownelia street.
0: Never walk Clownelia street again. Uh I say as I'm always on Clownelia street, constantly clowning (laughs) living in a clown house. When we go to her tour, can we just dress up as clowns? Absolutely. We can. With, I want, and I want little street signs above our head that say clowny. And watch, that'll be the night Taylor Nation is like, yeah, you come meet Taylor. (laughs) And we have to take a fucking picture with Taylor Swift in clown outfits. Uh, Yeah. And then we have to explain ourselves. (laughs) Forever. Because that will be the only time we ever meet her is in full on clown attire probably true I would be mortified <laughs> but, but like my- that's probably our best chance to actually meet her. absolutely and then like
1: we casually slide her a tailoring business card like if you wanna want some context you can listen to the easter maybe- egg
0: <laughs> maybe though we be like sneaky with our clown maybe we can be like glam clown and we can just like rip off the you- wig and look normal did you just say glam clown glam clown so that way we don't do like clown makeup necessarily it's like still clowny but it's a little more on the glam side and it's a situation where we can rip off our wig we have like curls that fall out and we look okay to take a photo with taylor swift and put on our wall for the rest of our lives do do we want a (laughs) picture with taylor swift where we're in like full-on face paint clown and that's the only photo we get with her ever we don't want that. Probably not. But like, imagine us showing up
1: to the meet and greet room, and they're like, "Um, you were just as clowns before. We don't want you now. <laughs> we wanted you exclusively. Like we have the wristband. <laughs> we wanted you exclusively to give Taylor a good giggle, and now you look like any other white bitches in here. You need to
0: get well. It'd be a thing where like we meet her in the clown attire, and then right before the picture, rip it off.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. 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 We're fair. We're good. That's fine. <laughs> I'm
0: okay with that. <laughs> We're, still, we're just out here planning how to meet Taylor Swift
1: yeah I still don't necessarily like <laughs> I'm setting myself up for my own sadness of oh my god yeah we're totally gonna meet Taylor Swift um <clears throat> Taylor, if you're listening to this I'm so sorry
0: listen everyone's on Clownelia Street at this point but there should be Clownelia Street merch at this point like if yeah. Taylor Nation really wants to like cash in on us being crazy that's the way to do it like, I would have been less mad if on May 13th, we had a Clownelia Street merch drop. It would have been like, okay, that's that fucking funny.
1: would have funny. been so much funnier, but it was such a, serious, fact was a
0: serious merch drop. A serious no.
1: merch drop that wasn't very good. No offense. I'm sorry, Taylor Nation. And it was like to this love Taylor's version. I'm like, we get it. It would have been so
0: funny if it was a Clownelia Street drop. <laughs> Taylor, hire me for your marketing team. So she continues explaining things. And it gets worse again. <clears throat> another way an easter egg can express your message is through symbolism a lot of the time i'll pick something that i think symbolizes something else like i'll pick a snake it's sort of the mascot for feeling misunderstood or some being somebody that is not going to strike unless they're stepped on or i'll pick a butterfly which is kind of like just breaking free from that darkness and fluttering into the light or a palm tree i did a post on my instagram I posted seven palm trees and I posted it on the day that I finished my seventh album. This is February, 2019. No context, just a photo of seven palm trees on the day she finished her seventh album. And a palm tree symbolizes rebirth, new beginnings and positive energy. So this is why Swifties are fucking crazy. crazy Because she's fucking crazy. And she does things like this. Like every time I talk to my boyfriend, Kaz, about... The latest theory that i'm buying into and it, oh, it's always wrong i swear i buy into the wrong ones <laughs> <laughs> you and me both but i explain it to him and i'm like yeah and then this date and this day like it adds up to 13 and she posted 13 palm trees just i don't she didn't actually do that but like i'm just pulling just random shit. or like i was scrolling through like her lover hype, and 10 days before the album dropped she posted a picture of dice Devils roll the dice, angels roll their eyes, you know, and the dice added up to 10 and she put 10 hearts and it was 10 days before Lover came out. She does shit like that. And I have to remind him with like solid proof that Taylor Swift does cryptic shit like this. So me pulling out these cryptic things isn't just me being crazy or other Swifties being crazy. She has groomed us to be like this. Absolutely. I guess I don't have like the
1: mental energy to invest too hard into a lot of these theories because it is so incredibly exhausting to pick and choose for sure yeah I pick wrong (laughs) I pick wrong as well I fully subscribed to the theory that we were going to get a that we were going to get
0: a single last night and I was wrong same and And, I believed in May 13th with my entire soul I I thought we were getting every recording announcement of some sort
1: oh my god and I figured like at the VMAs we'd probably get an announcement but I was like I don't know what it's gonna be and like would she really do that during her acceptance speech for all too well, 10 right. minutes
0: when it's that special to her? But I remember the theorist for that one. I'm like, no, no, guys, you're being too much. And then I'm wrong. They I weren't being too much.
1: Bet on the wrong horse. So goddamn always. Every time. Every time I bet on the wrong horse. She does it on purpose. I feel like the people who are right the most often are people who have like 40 followers on it on TikTok. And it's just a random Swifty who's like, but this could be right. And everyone's dunking on them. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. Right. And then the Swifties <laughs> are 20,000 followers who are like, what if this theory is right? Just and picking up a video shit. because yeah. it ends up on her for you page because they have so many
0: followers. Yeah. And she's admitted in interviews too. I don't have the direct quote, but she loves scrolling through theories and seeing what we come up with. Even if they're not right, she'll still interact with them because she thinks it's fun. And she's like, oh my God, I didn't even think that like that when I was planning it. And on the last quote I have from this video is when we get into like number theories, which before I listened to this video or watch this video, I guess the number theories of this date adds up to 13 when you do you know, two plus two plus whatever, whatever, equals 13. Something's happening this day. I'm like, you guys are crazy. That's crazy. Stop it. Mm -hmm. You're being crazy. And whenever I present those like supporting facts to my boyfriend, he's like, come on, that's stupid. But Taylor Swift said, the last thing I will mention is my go-to Easter eggs. These are things that may not lead to something in the future, but they're just a tribute to my love for them. Those things are 13s and cats. If you see a cat in my Easter egg situation, that's just because I love cats. It's that simple. Sometimes it means nothing other than just reminding you how much I love cats. Also, the number 13 is really close to my heart. I will pick dates, like really important dates, just because the numbers of that date add up to 13. So that's why Swifties
1: are nuts. That's why Swifties are nuts. And I don't blame them for being so. We're nuts too. I
0: just, I am a
1: skeptical nut. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And um, this is not part of this video. This is a quote from an Instagram live after the me music video came out. Taylor Swift encourages people counting how many stuff of one thing are in her music video. She encourages numerology. She said in this live quote, we do a lot of numerology around here. Maybe make a point to count the briefcases circling around my head in the briefcase scene. Maybe make a point to count the clouds in the lobby thunderstorm scene. Like she encourages people to count these things and try to figure out the meaning of why were there seven briefcases? Why were there 13 thunderstorm clouds?
1: So at a job that I've had before, when I went in for a review, the girl who was reviewing me said, all right, we're to the, you need to improve section. What do you think you need to improve on? I think we both know what it is. And I outed myself and said something that I needed to improve on. And she goes, yeah, I was thinking that too. And then I watched her write it down. She didn't have anything. I'm not like gassing myself up. She just didn't know what to write for my. I need to improve and was hoping she to wanted I would answer to... it for yeah. her. Yeah. My point is that's exactly <laughs> what I think Taylor Swift does sometimes when she's like, "So, what did you guys think was the Easter egg in this?" And when she hears something that's the closest to accurate, it's like, "You nailed so it!" <laughs> like I, th- I think she watches TikTok sometimes and goes, "Oh shit, I didn't think about that." Like. That's a good tie because coincidences coincidences do happen all the time. I would say like, oh, nothing is a coincidence when it comes to Taylor Swift. Yeah, there are definitely things that are coincidences. Yeah. It's probably not super common, but she likes to mislead us. She likes to put us down the wrong trails. The amount of suitcases might not fucking matter.
0: Yeah. I mean, I didn't follow up super hard because I was probably going to wait to deep dive that when we do our me music video, deep dive to see if it actually did amount to anything, but she literally calls out stuff like that. And it's like, count them. It might mean something. Or sometimes like she has more obvious Easter eggs. I specifically keep citing the me music video because this interview was during, you know, me just came out. And so like a lot of the stuff was directly in reference to that. And in the line, there's a lot of cool chicks out there. It pans to this gallery wall of a bunch of literal baby chick paintings with like sunglasses on. And in the middle, are the dixie chicks it's a lot of cool chicks out there <laughs> great and that's also like a reference to you know she kind of took the lover era you know with miss americana documentary as kind of like her political not awakening sort of like this is when she started talking about politics and the dixie chicks got a lot of flack for talking about politics or i guess they made one comment about george w bush at a concert right yeah Isn't that what they- happened?
1: Yep, they said that they were ashamed that the president of the United States was from Texas. Yeah.
0: Which didn't them go a lot of a lot of hate. <laughs> so at the And time. Taylor Swift discusses that in her Miss Americana documentary about how they were always made an example of to her in context of don't talk about politics. And so it's kind of that like that's well kind not of a just... more obvious easter egg that wasn't hinting at anything coming in the future but it had a lot of meaning behind it.
1: Well, it kind of did. Because the chicks were featured on Soon You'll Get Better. Soon you'll
0: get better. you get better soon. That is true. So it was You're kind, right.
1: of, kind of kinda both. Yeah. Sometimes she's super obvious. Sometimes she's more cryptic. And I think that 70% of the time she's fully misleading people with the Easter eggs, quote unquote, because she does want genuine surprise. If her Easter eggs were too obvious, like the liner notes or capitalizing capital Mm. letters or
0: duh, that's what capitalizing means. It gets old after a while too. Even though we would love her to be a little more straightforward and not lead us on. I think it would be kind of boring if theories were always right. Oh, great. She never surprised us anymore. I think it's just a matter of knowing what you can and can't handle emotionally. And I know I can't handle believing every theory. Same. (laughs) And I just don't want to be drug out constantly. Like the midnight's mayhem
1: with me is awesome. But like, if if there are Easter eggs embedded in this, I need, I need quicker satisfaction, I guess.
0: because It's not as worth it anymore for me to stay up until midnight, 13 nights, Leading up to this, just the same thing over and over again, when I could go to bed, wake up the next morning and learn the information, like there's no value in learning it at midnight versus 7 a.m. The next day, if there's nothing else special going along with it, like I stay up every night for midnight's mayhem with me in hopes that she'll be like, this track is called this and it's out now. That's what I stay up for.
1: (laughs) Same. I genuinely thought we'd be recording an episode today about a single. I thought that that was what was going to come, but the payoff for some of these needs to be sooner for me and that I'm not Mm -hmm. Taylor Swift. This is totally her discretion, her decision. And there are people who are listening to this who definitely disagree with me. And I know that, but Mm -hmm. when she does stuff like showing the cool chicks, we didn't know that that meant the chicks were going to be featured that didn't need an immediate payoff, but the midnight's mayhem with me, it's been going on for a couple of weeks now and there is not payoff yet at the time of yep. recording this episode and if you're going to do something that's obviously stacked with easter eggs or you're giving away these hints and stuff we need something like what if a clip of a song accidentally played at the end and was like oh that was an accident well, and then it ends. A
0: theory about nice boy ed <laughs> so yeah that's just like a slowed down pitched down version of one of her tracks or something
1: it just doesn't sound like i don't know I don't, it doesn't feel like it'd be her, her voice. But I, I could be wrong. I could be eating these words in three weeks because midnight I'm as just of today. I'm so three weeks.
0: excited for midnight to come out and for us to finally be able to put the Easter eggs together. Like I said, yes. in retrospect, is way more fun for me because I like to have all the information in front of me and then draw lines. And I can't wait to figure out what was meant as an Easter egg or what wasn't. So, did
1: Easter egging begin in the Fearless era? Is that when it started?
0: It started back in debut debut, she did um, those capitalized letters. I think, darn it, I think I skipped that section. Oops. Well, let me just read this section because apparently I skipped her talking about her lyric booklets. She said, I'm going to take you back to my original favorite way of Easter egg dropping. And that is in my first album. It's encoding messages into the lyrics. This was how I first started doing this. I just thought, Why not capitalize random letters and see if the fans figure out that if you take all the random letters and put them together, it spells out like a little code secret messages. It could be one secret message per song but in other albums I had a secret message story that would go throughout the lyrics. I like this because to me it makes people read the lyrics and it makes an album more of an event Easter eggs are really a way to expand the experience.
1: Okay, so she's been doing this her entire career, which is funny because debut like she was like 14 or 15, putting all this together, preparing. She didn't even know how big of a phenomenon she was going to get and how serious and deep this was going to get. But yeah, that's crazy. What is if you had to pick like a favorite Easter egg, what would it be?
0: Oh, God. Well, I'm a big fan of The Secret Messages, honestly. Um, She stopped doing it after Reputation because no explanation, just Reputation was like her tagline for that album. So I think the secret messages are probably my favorite because because of that, we're able to figure out who these songs are about and like more information about them. Some of my favorites were the all too well secret message was Maple Latte. She went on a date with Jake Gyllenhaal and had Maple Lattes. That's how we put that together with Jake Gyllenhaal. The Story of Us, CMT Music Awards. She was only there with John Mayer. Like, we can put that together or last kiss the secret message was forever and always which is the song that she very publicly stated was about joe jonas so therefore that's how we know last kiss is about joe jonas and i just like putting all those things together like that so i think the secret messages are honestly some of my favorites i'm kind of bummed she doesn't do them still
1: yeah having like insight on who the songs are about is powerful (laughs) to me yeah
0: yeah and i know she now lives Or leads a more private private life you know more private personal life more private private life (laughs) so I understand why she doesn't do that anymore but at the same time I low-key miss it yeah I feel that what's your favorite
1: I think I'm gonna I'm gonna steal from my roommate real quick and say that the look what you made me do video just because yeah. as we talked about earlier it's frame by frame stacked with easter eggs that we don't know about we won't know about until we have our own kids which is oh, crazy yeah. if we have our own kids so yeah. there's just so much to unpack there that it's insane which is weird because again look what you made me do is not one of my favorites that's my favorite music video of hers i knew that it's one of the most expensive music videos of all time yeah it's I incredible i don't know what my favorite music video is i really like that blood
0: just, yeah, I like bad blood. Cuz
1: I like I like stories being told. I really like stories being told. Same. But of course they all all well short film, but does that even count? It's a fucking short film that's going to get nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> Not quite a music video.
1: <laughs> Not quite, just like one level up. Somewhere between music video and Oscar-worthy film.
0: Yeah, I feel like by the time we get to a deep dive of look what you made me do with a music video, it's probably going to have to be a two-parter because we're going to have to like discuss frame by frame what's happening in the background and what x y and z means and why is this significant and yeah because especially learning that taylor swift loves symbolism behind things like she chose palm trees because palm trees symbolized you know rebirth so like we're gonna have to like look up everything like she's eating a lobster in the look what you made me do music video we have to look up the meaning of a lobster why did she pick lobster because we have to think like that because that's how Taylor Swift thinks.
1: Yeah. That one's going to be absolutely insane. And I look forward to whenever we do our music video ranking. Cause that's one- that one's going to be fun too. Cause she has so many music videos and there are some that are obviously yeah. just so much more of a standout than yeah.
0: others. Like. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about some other fun Easter eggs, um, in past, you know, story times because they're irrelevant. Like, I think it was the out of the woods music video. She has Harry Styles initials on her wrist for like a brief cut of a scene. Yeah. 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 Like that's an Easter egg. That's an Easter egg <laughs> Or the so, paper airplane, like necklace. Paper airplane, egg.
1: the guitar slurs from dear John Easter egg, Easter egg. So she she's just chock full of them and honestly if we did this episode in breaking down every single easter egg this episode would never end and we wouldn't be able to get back to it so i'm sure
0: we're going to hit most of these easter eggs as we discuss other topics because like like you just said danny there's so many of them and so many of them are so simple like there's a cat walking in the background of one of her music videos she just likes cats that's it or things more crazy like three years ago she did this and then three years after that this happened We could do Easter egg talk for days, I'm sure. But now that we know that these things are on purpose and hearing it from her mouth, these cryptic things are on purpose, I think is really validating for a lot of the theorists out there. And it makes me less frustrated with the theorists themselves, which I think is a good thing.
1: Agreed. What did you Tay learn this episode?
0: I Tay learned that the day that she finished recording Lover, her seventh studio album, she posted a picture of seven palm trees with no context just because she finished her seventh album because of course because of course that's obviously excuse me taylor
1: (laughs) tended to be an easter egg um what did you taylor i didn't know that she wore a haters gonna hate shirt a year before shake it off even came out i mean it's a phrase as she keeps saying in defense of the lawsuit but but at that point like she she knew this is
0: may 2013 she had already written probably a majority of 1989. 1989.
1: By then. Yeah, you're right. But I didn't know that. Uh, in the name of shameless plugging, if you want to hear more about all of this and the Easter eggs that have been done, then we have
0: all these other episodes prior to this. We've had so much fun doing this.
1: Yeah, uh, we have I- things
0: like a deep dive on John Mayer, Joe Jonas, Harry Styles, we have Katy Perry, Kanye West. I think all of this like historic information about her personal life is important going forward to describe the Easter eggs that she lays because a lot of them call back to those historic moments with those people. Easter eggs that she lays. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Graphic. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. And I know that a lot of, as our listenership has grown, hello, we see you from all 30 plus that. countries <laughs> and
0: 30 plus states. I want to do like a little call out. What's a, what's a country that's on our we list. We have a lot of listeners from Germany, 6% of our listenership. So if you're listening from Germany, we see you. <laughs> we're so glad you're here. And we know that a lot of our listenership
1: as we're growing are people who want to get more into Taylor Swift and want to learn more about the Tay lore, if you will. <laughs> I know. I'm know, sorry. I was bad. So uh, bad it's good. So bad it's good. So we hope that this like helped fill in why she does the Easter eggs, the history of it, what the easter eggs mean and hopefully make you feel a little bit less stressed out because there's a lot to cover here and being wrong is also okay when it comes to easter eggs i just personally have
0: trouble being wrong so i don't theorize very hard i'm trying my best to just float with the flow of taylor and the things that she chooses to give us and being surprised is fun and you don't always have to know what's coming
1: yeah. Being surprised is super fun. Being right's fun too, but being surprised and tying it together in
0: the aftermath yeah. is also being a lot right of fun. Being right is fun, but at what cost? It's not worth it to me. <laughs>
1: it being wrong the other 90% of the time. Yeah, no, my ego can't <laughs> handle that. From being no, bland. I
0: can't. So
1: uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and uh, Twitter that we just riled up at Tay Learning Podcast let Anything? us know your
0: thoughts let us know your favorite easter eggs because there are so many out there so i'm sure so many people have so many different favorite easter eggs and i would be very interested to learn more because danny and i don't know every single easter egg taylor swift has ever done so it's your turn to taylor and us <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I hate tay- that was one. not as fun but you know
1: tay teach us tay listeners god we're so annoying
0: um <laughs> what are we what are we talking about next week by the way <laughs> Next week is a very tentative situation because I am still holding out to hope that we're going to get a single, but because I said that into the universe, we probably will not because that tends to happen to me. Mm -hmm. So if we do not get a single by next week, we can watch a very comforting video, the 1989 world tour, and we will report our thoughts and feelings on it. Danny and I never went to a Taylor Swift tour, so I haven't seen the 1989 world tour in one show and one sitting before so we're just gonna do a deep dive on that discuss our favorite performances our favorite outfits and all of our thoughts about that so regardless it's gonna be exciting because 1989 Taylor killed it
1: absolutely we know I'm a 1989 stan so I'm excited already (laughs) for this week my name is Danny, and
0: I'm Olivia thanks for listening